3: He didn't
1: slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you, and rubbing son is racing. Good evening race fans, welcome to the Draft
0: in the Circuits radio program on the Hoobazoo Radio Network. My name is Frank Santoroski, I'll be your host for the next hour as we go through this week of racing. Joining me in the studio this week is Mr. Gray Warren, Mr. Seth Eggert, and Mr. Richard Uden. Fellas, how we doing tonight? Alright, well we have a lot to talk about this week. Very busy weekend in racing. All three major series in action, uh, as well of a lot of uh, off-track news and just other things to discuss. Uh, So I'm just going to quickly run down this list of headlines, and and then we'll just uh, start our conversation from there. But first off, IndyCars were in Portland. Uh, Wheelpower took the wind. Uh, Scott Dixon, who's trying to stay alive for the championship, had a mechanical failure. Um, Rossi managed to put it on the podium a few spots ahead of Newgarden, gained a little ground in the championship. Uh, So we're headed headed into the finale in a few weeks uh, with double points available uh, with the top three guys separated by. Um, Just a couple of points there. This thing is going to be between uh, Newgarden, Pagano, and Rossi. And Dixon's got an outside shot to get there, too, with the double points. Uh, Over the weekend, IndyCar did announce their schedule for 2020. Uh, No huge surprises that we didn't already expect although massive disappointment that uh, Pocono was lo- no longer on the schedule and folks are excited that Richmond is on the schedule. and We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, NASCAR in Darlington, the Southern 500, one of the great classic races. Um, delayed for rain, uh, ran well, well, well into the evening, but at the end of the night or early in the morning, as <laughs> the case may be, uh, it was Eric Jones uh, taking a fine drive, um, taking a very, very good win there. Gets him out of bubble trouble Um, Gets him on the good side of his employer with the contract up for negotiation uh, next year. Uh, We've got uh, Suarez and Newman in bubble trouble right there on the line of Jimmy Johnson, likely out of it uh, unless he wins. Um, Formula One at Spa, um, Charles Leclerc takes his first um, career win, uh, re- made it look relatively easy, um, you know, led from pole, uh, had a had a trouble-free run, which is, uh, you know, something that he's lacked in uh, some of his earlier runs where it looked like he could win, so uh, good job to Charles Leclerc, but the biggest and most tragic news story of the weekend um, involves Antoine Hubert, a uh, young French Formula 2 driver uh, who was killed in a wreck at Spa. And, um, you know, I know most of you folks that listen to race, you've probably seen the replays of the crash, but it was um, it was a very violent impact. Um, And and Richard uh, now all of our thoughts are with his friends and his family and also the other driver involved in that crash. um, American driver uh, Juan Pablo Correa is um, two broken uh, legs, uh, spinal cord injury. He's in the hospital, has a lengthy rehabilitation ahead of him. Uh, so our, our thoughts are with everybody in the paddock, the friends and family. But in, in examining this thing, uh, the the impact was a straight T-bone. And th- these are rare in auto racing just, you know, because of the trajectories of the car are going in the same direction. And usually this sort of thing will happen when uh, somebody is out of control and crosses back uh, right into the racing line. And, and that's pretty much exactly what happened here. And uh, Hubert took a hit right to the side of the car. Um, it reminded me a bit of a Zanardi's crash from 20 years ago, where the, the crash where Zanardi lost his leg. So, now Richard, you and I engaged in some discussion uh, about this, and, and some public debate uh, about this, and the structural rigidity of the cars. And uh, you know, you know as well as I do, you you know better than I do. Um, but there have been a lot, a lot done um, with these cars, particularly in the area of side intrusion. And, we've, and this goes back to the Seta accident. So um, just just give me your, your assessment of, of how the, you know, what went wrong here, I guess.
1: Well, you know, firstly, obviously, uh, share your sentiments with condolences to the Hubert family. It was a terrible tragedy. Such a young, young and well-liked uh, driver, you know, really part of the <clears> – <throat> the, 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 they dubbed them the four musketeers of French racing, uh, Leclerc, Gasly, uh, Ocon, and, and Hubert. Hubert was the, probably the least known of the four, and he was probably not far off Formula One Drive, maybe not next year, but definitely the year after he was progressing very, very well and had shown some you know, promising performances. But um, you know, it, it was, like a lot of these things, it was pure, I don't want to use the word luck, but pure bad luck, I guess uh, what happened on Saturday afternoon. Um, uh, um Giuliano Lacey, the, the son of former Ferrari driver, John Lacey's, uh, was ahead of the other two cars involved in the accident. He, um, he span at the exit of the Eau Rouge corner going up to Radion, And, uh, as he was spinning, uh, on the track, uh, Hubert and another car took evasive action and, uh, Hubert ran wide on the exit of Radion and hit the tyres at pretty much unabated speed, probably around about 160, 170 miles an hour. Made contact with the tyre barrier and uh, the tyre that threw the car back onto the racing line. Um, Carrere, uh, I believe the, 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 the guy involved in this accident, he was following. Uh, and unfortunately he sustained a puncture uh, from some of the previous impact debris as he, come, as he was coming through Radion. So no, no doubt he applied the brakes, but when you have a, a puncture in the way that he did, uh, that vastly reduces the braking effect of the car uh, and, and hit, uh, hit Hubert's car at pretty much unabated speed, um, probably again without knowing, you're guessing, 150, 170 miles an hour. Um, Unfortunately, that is, to all intents and purposes, an unsurvivable impact, uh, no matter what race series you're involved in, Formula One, IndyCar, Formula Two. Um, these cars are incredibly strong. Um, we, When we watch them, we tend to forget how violent some of these impacts are and how fast these cars go. And, and typically that is due to the camera work by the the TV crews. They they have a habit of panning with the car speed so they don't look quite as fast. I think it's great when NASCAR have that stationary camera on the um, uh, catch fencing and you, you get a real sense of the speed. You don't really get that informal one as much. They do have the cameras in the curbs, but they, you know, again, they, they tend not to show that as much as they should do. But th- these cars are incredibly fast. And the energy that goes in that is dissipated in an impact like that is phenomenal. And it's pretty much impossible to design a car to withstand the sort of impact that both drivers suffered. Uh, I mean, we are incredibly lucky, incredibly lucky that we're not talking about two fatalities here. Uh, the impacts and the injuries uh, sustained by Carrera were, were pretty significant. You know, two broken legs and spinal damage. Hopefully, it's not you know, long-term uh, disability damage, but uh, we, we don't know that yet. Yeah, um, he's,
0: he's facing a, a long recovery. So, but uh, the, yeah, the, the sign, signs Winston have been sort of, signs have been positive so far. They're saying he has been
1: that, transferred uh, out yeah. of Belgium to a, a recovery unit in in the UK that will specialize in this. So, hopefully, he will. You know, obviously these guys getting the best possible treatment. Um, With with regards to the safety of these cars and and the strength that goes into it, you know, you can withstand a frontal impact of of the sort of magnitude that um, we saw, as you saw from Crow. I mean, he he did survive that frontal impact. But the, the great benefit of the frontal impact is you have a very, very large area to dissipate the energy. You have the complete nose cone section, which is ah, two and a half, three feet long. That whole area is designed to collapse and designed to prevent the enormous loads and deceleration going through the driver's body. Um, What a lot of people probably don't appreciate is the um, immense design work that goes into um, carbon fiber layering. So carbon fibre is almost an incredibly strong material, but it's excuse me only strong in one direction. If you go, if you was to stand on a, you know, a Formula One carbon fibre wishbone, you'd snap it in half instantly. But if you put, you know, the but in the opposite direction, the, the, the direction it's designed to take the load, it's incredibly strong. So the way the carbon fiber is weaved and layered into these nose cones make them say, incredibly strong. The amount of load they can withstand is is phenomenal. So to put that into context, if you were to, to have that as a, you know, you, you can understand, a, you know, a car having a head on impact at 100 plus miles an hour. But to have a side impact at 100 plus miles an hour is extremely rare. And to mitigate and to make this, the car able to withstand that sort of load, you'd have to have three foot wide crash structures on the side of each car. And it's just physically not possible due to the, you know, the dynamics of, of, of these cars. Um, there is a you know, huge amount of work, as, as you said earlier, that been done in that area post post center accident. And you look back at some others that you know. You know I remember in one. Um, <clears throat> Takuma Sato was was t-boned by I think it was Frentzen in Austria in the early 2000s, um, and you know that knocked the wind out of him. Uh, thankfully, nothing more serious. But Frensen was going nowhere near the speed that we saw on Saturday. Yeah, this so. was
0: it was a very unusual accident. Like I said, I, I, it was. It it's, it's, was. And it's not think, the kind of thing that happens every day on the track. No. Uh, although and there have, there, thing- there have been a discussion or two of perhaps reprofiling that turn a bit. Correct. I I had read a I, little I bit on that.
1: Well, I think what they are doing. You see, they've got to, they've got a problem at Spa. The exit of Radion is the exit of the club rate or the club circuit pit rate. So it's Formula One pit lane exits at the exit of La Source. Whereas for all the other race series, the pit lane enters at La Source and exits um, after a Rouge. So the area where the cars run off track is actually the pit lane exit for the club racing circuit. But um, I, my, my personal opinion is, is that it is an area where a gravel trap would probably be appropriate in slowing a car down certainly
0: um, yeah, that that was my thought you know we don't and, see this a lot because there's so much runoff areas at the modern Formula one exactly. tracks that, that yeah. you, you rarely see a car coming back onto the racing line they, they just kind of just exactly. forward momentum takes them takes them away from the racing yeah. action and that's why this one was so unusual you can say it and, it and you look really, at, I can only yeah, you can, only compare it to that that zanardi crash at the lousy where he he yeah. got a little wonky coming out of the pit lane went right up on the yeah yeah so
1: and you you go back um, to, I think it's probably 99, when both Jacques Villeneuve and Ricardo Zanta, both in the BARs, had horrific accidents coming out of the exit of Eau Rouge within 10 minutes of each other, uh, ripped every corner every corner off the car. But because there was gravel, it held the car, you know, it slowed the car down and vented the car bouncing back onto the racing line. Um, so potentially that's something they need to look at to improve. Um, but Certainly. in terms of Certainly. car design, in terms of the safety, because these cars are incredibly safe, you can only do so much to protect these guys. And yeah, racing yes, it, is it inherently
0: yeah yeah racing is inherently dangerous, you know, and we, we you I mean, know, we are, hear that I, over and over again. But we like to, we like to make it as safe as we can. But I was reading some really. Really interesting stuff um, from Jackie Stewart, and it just it, yeah. and he was talking about. Here's a guy who campaigned for safety uh, back, and he grew up in the era where you would, you know, you'd you'd count the guys in the in the in the drivers' meeting at the, the first of the year and wonder who was going to be left by the end. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think he I was, think
1: they said and, during yeah. his career he lost 57 competitors during his career,
0: and he he and he retired young. Yeah, he, yeah didn't, he didn't have normal. a very long career, Yeah, which is, you know, and when you look at, you know, today, I mean, we've, you know, Jules Bianchi, uh, you know, back in, what, 2015, 16, and then you have... Well, to 14 up. was his accident,
1: and at, at yeah, the that's, extent, yeah. I think Jules' accident sort of, because of the nature of him, you know, unfortunately passing away nine months later, it sort of, I don't know, am very careful, I don't want to say belittled his accident, but people didn't really feel it in the same way that they would do if he'd has to work the track
0: oh yeah without a doubt yeah okay. and, and, I, and I know what you're saying and I know there's. you mean no disrespect there but yeah. But before Jules you have to go all the way back to 1994 so yeah. so you have a whole generation of drivers that I believe Jackie Stewart uh, the, the term he uses you got guys that feel like they're bulletproof
1: oh for sure you do we talked about this there.
0: recently yeah so
1: yeah and, and, and by no stretch of the imagination did you know I'm sure any of the guys involved in this accident you know not Fully comprehend the, the safety levels that they're involved with, but you know, to put it into context, um you know, on Formula One, you have 20 races a year. You have what, 100 000 to 150,000 spectators per race for a good, you know, for a well-attended event. So that's two million people each year going to watch a Formula One race. Tragically, I'm sure out of those two million, at least one one of those people will you know, succumb to a road traffic accident, you know, in that time period. So we have to put it into context what we're dealing with here. You know, racing is phenomenally safe.
0: Oh, certainly, yeah.
1: Compared yeah. to where it was 20 years ago. And the chain, you know, the problem that Formula One had, especially Formula One, was prior to um, Senna and Ratzenberg, our accidents in 94, it had been – you know, nearly twelve, thirteen years. Um, there was I think Gilles Villeneuve was the fate, was the last um, fatality during a race weekend and there was one um, the Angelus, I think it was, who died during a private test.
0: Yeah, uh, and the Angelus the, names are right there. Uh, yeah, the analyst didn't even his death had nothing to do with uh, the structural rigidity of the car oh. it had had to do with the fact he was testing, and there were no medical or marshals exactly. on to yep. extract him from the car, and he essentially died of smoke inhalation. Which, yep. you know, which since then, obviously they've they've you know you have to have those medical personnel to yes. test, to test yes. now, yes. which yes. was it it seems like common sense now, but I, you know I guess Good back else. then they you know they think well what could go wrong? You know. Yeah,
1: exactly. So you know the, the, the cars are incredibly safe, and you 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 are. When you're talking the energy levels that we are, you could never stop it. You can never, ever, ever stop it. And as tragic as it is, it, um, you know, it's part of it. And you know, the sport will move on and it will learn the lessons. It'll be very interesting to read the the, the crash reports and to understand the loads that went involved and to see if there's any areas. But you know, people on these you know online forums that both of us have seen have been criticizing Dallara and criticizing the track and the, the one comfort that i take from this is um and and again this is no disparaging comment on anybody's character that was in us you know there was no stupid driving going on here you know we we've been very um critical of some of the younger drivers uh standard of driving should we say in the last few years and you know there was nothing like that you know there was nobody being stupid here this was just a horrific accident and it was you know a circumstance and you know, wrong place, wrong time, more than you could ever appreciate. And uh, you know, we have to you know, put it down to that. Really, you can't—you can never stop it. You couldn't. You could never prevent an accident like this from happening. And if you do, unfortunately, you take the essence of racing away. And when you start to, um, uh, you know, diminish the effectiveness of co- of corners such as a rouge and uh, radion and, and places like that, then, um, it's, it's not worth it. You know, you've, you've got to keep that element of danger there.
0: Certainly. So now let's, let's move on to the race. Now, there were a lot of mm-hmm. nice fitting tributes to, uh, to Hubert again. You see, He yep. was, he was well liked, well known, very talented. Um, oh yeah. yeah, we saw, we saw nice tributes to him, uh, during the IndyCar race. Um, we had, uh, uh some, uh, some of the other NASCAR drivers were, um, tweeting out their condolences, uh, their thoughts and prayers. Uh, Because racing is, if nothing else, a tight-knit community. But uh, uh, let's get into the race. Charles Leclerc, who was uh, uh, great friends with uh, Hubert, capitalized on his uh, uh, pole position and won the race. So um, Mm -hmm. let's let's talk about the race a little bit. We got off to a bit of a shaky start, farther back on the grid.
1: Yeah, there was – uh, who was it? Kimi and Max came. I mean, Max had another bad start. He's had a few bad starts recently, which was a little bit unusual. Um, and he had a bit of a coming together with uh, Kimi and then damaged his front left steering. Uh, and then coming through a rouge, he, he hit the... You know, that, was a, that was a big impact by Max. You know, you don't realise it. That was a... Max had a big hit at the start of the race there, which unfortunately put him out. Um, Danny Ricciardo went flying as well, um, and, and thankfully landed on all four wheels and was able to continue. There was a lot of engine penalties and a lot of shuffling at the back of the pack there. Um, drivers of, no, I mean, obviously, you know, quickly to mention Charles Leclerc, I mean, drove a um, perfect race. Um, you know, controlled it, really. Lewis started to get close towards the end, but it was never anything, never any real danger. Um and, yeah, you know, fantastic drive by the kid. You know, similar to what you saw in Bahrain earlier in the season, but, you know, he got the job done this time. Yeah, you yeah, know, his car,
0: car didn't let him down, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, good um, stuff for Charles, um, like, you know. Um, now, Seth, Seth, you want to jump in with a comment?
2: I do. Uh, Lando Norris, uh, yes. somebody that hasn't been mentioned, uh, snuck through that incident with uh, uh stopping and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, reckoning. Was right top five, it would have been, what, his best career uh, result had he been able to stay there? And then uh, coming to take the white flag, lost power. Uh, what a heartbreaker for him. Uh, I don't think he even crossed the line to start the final lap.
1: I think, yeah, I think uh, he, he was classified 11th, I think.
2: He was and classified was, 11th yeah, oh. uh, one lap down. Goaling, going yeah, for the yeah. kid. He yeah, and, up. and
0: along those lines, Richard, I, I've, I'm hearing some chatter that's uh, – McLaren is a little unhappy with Renault and the recent rash of engine failures, and they're asking um, for they, they, they're what was the word? They're asking for more transparency.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh, God, you know, if you're sitting uh, in the McLaren uh, boardroom and you see Red Bull winning races with the Honda engine in there, that uh, that must be pretty galling for those guys.
2: And, um, and uh, Carlos Sa- Carlos Sainz, uh, his engine. Barely even started, let alone lasted one lap. I think he lost power, and actually they had to extend the safety car because of where. Yeah, he, lost he, power. he ended up
1: retiring at the in the bus stop chicane, didn't he? Yeah, I think he was having anti stall issues. Which I don't know if that was an engine or uh, a clutch issue. I don't, officially, I
2: officially, he his status is uh, lost power, so I think yeah. that might be engine.
1: Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, something another guy that another guy related, that yeah. impressed me over the weekend. I mean, for me, Lando Norris was a standout driver uh, without any hesitation. Um, the other guy that drove great, I thought, was Alex Albon. You know, he did the exact opposite of what Pierre Gasly had been doing so far this year. You know, he, he because of the engine penalty situation with that car, he was going to be starting down at the back of the grid, so he never really did any fast laps in qualifying. And he just for the first half of the race, he wasn't really, you know. A, at the races and um literally and he's you know he was sort of sat back in the mid-teens and then towards the end of the race he really picked it up and really started to put everything together and and, and put some good really really good lap times in and, and grow and I, I can't remember where he finished exactly but it was well within the points um so yeah. a huge amount of a huge amount of uh, fifth. fifth yeah, fifth. So yeah that's so, a great finish yeah now i read read
0: i read an article um they were interviewing him, and he said he had to he had to rewire his brain to drive the Red Bull rather than drive the Toro Rosso. I mean, yeah. is, is there that much difference between uh, well, be. the, the Red Bull and the Toro Rosso? Is it, is it just a yeah, I mean, lo- lo- location things like... of uh, things on the steering wheel or, or, or no, adjustments in the car? No, because he would done or... plenty of
1: testing with Red Bull in the simulator. Even as a Toro Rosso driver, I'm sure right. he's done plenty of Red Bull work. Um, the big differences will be – is that how aggressive he can be over the curbing with the suspension? Uh, you know, the, the Red Bull suspension I'm sure is very, very more, you know, is far more um, compliant than the Toro Rosso suspension. Um, okay. and so, so, he,
0: so he may have been driving the car a little more gingerly than he really.
1: Potentially, yeah. Well, I guess you're just um, finding finding is, the
0: limit of the car, right? Which is yeah, you know, yeah.
1: The, the downforce generation as well. I'm sure the Red Bull is far more efficient uh, yeah, under aero loading. So. Certain corners you may be able to take flat out or just lift rather than a tap of the brake or whatever it may be, and the braking systems will be very different as well. you know how you apply the brakes it's it's not just your you know binary braking you don't just stamp on the brake and then turn you'll ease onto the brakes you'll lift off you know and, and different braking systems will require different um, uh, driving styles so it is a learning curve without any hesitation for these guys to go in but the one advantage that the guys have going from Toro Rosso to Red Bull is that they, you know, they're already very much in that family and they will have already done extensive simulator work with Red Bull to get up to speed.
0: Certainly. Uh, as Max
1: Verstappen started, so as a prime example when he goes off and, you know, wins his first race for Red Bull. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I
0: guess he re- rewired his brain really quick. So
1: well, all right, Well, and we, also he rewired <laughs> Rosberg and Hamilton's brain, and they drove into each other.
0: But. Yeah, true. Yeah, that helped. Yeah. So all right. Well, we we do have a lot to cover today, so I don't want to I don't want to you know extend our Formula One segment too too long, but I do want to briefly uh, preview next. We've got Mazda coming up and Correct, yeah. uh, Ferrari, their 90th anniversary season. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. look for a huge, huge Ferrari celebration. And then here they yeah. are coming in, coming in. Two Monza on the momentum of their first win of the season, so uh, you, you feel like we'll see uh, Ferrari go back to back in Monza, there, Richard? I think
1: you will, yeah. I, I genuinely do. I, I don't think that, that Mercedes will have anything for them. Um, the only, you know, if you remember last year, the only reason that Mercedes won is because um, I think Vettel had an issue um, at the start of the race, and um, it was basically two Mercedes against one Ferrari, and they could play the play the game and, and beat them there, so. I think um, – I, I don't think there's if, – if Leclerc and Vettel execute as they should, I think they'll win that, and they'll win that race quite comfortably.
0: Okay, and which one would, um, you, which one would you say would win?
1: Well, I think Leclerc's got momentum. I really do. I think he's driving great. Okay, and Seth?
2: Uh, well, since you're going with Leclerc, I'll go with Vettel.
3: And Gray? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think Hamilton will be – Ill that he didn't uh catch catch him on catch him late in the race i think maybe hamilton will uh prevail
0: all right so that leaves me max for stopping the pick which i don't know that uh i, I think they're starting with another grid penalty coming to mods they're anyway.
1: starting at the back
0: yeah yeah so uh ah, you know back back you know last to first why not <laughs> Old old Scott Dixon move there so uh, so m- moving on just uh, just to tie up a couple of loose ends Formula One news the the um, the uh, Baltas is uh, confirmed to stay uh, with Mercedes next year um, Esteban Ocon will go to Renault Hulkenberg uh, is rumored to be going to Haas he's the front runner for that seat to replace Grosjean Grosjean may be the guy on the outside looking in I don't know. Um, we'll we'll see how the, the rest of that uh works out but uh, gray you spent your weekend in darlington um you, you waited out the rain and got to see a pretty darn good race huh
3: It sure did uh darlington never disappoints uh, you know I, I remember my first race there way back in 1970 when the late great buddy baker uh took the checkered flag driving the cotton owens dodge daytona and uh you know, I've enjoyed every one I've seen from both sides of the fence. So uh yeah, it was my fiftieth in a row and uh uh Lord willing I'll make fifty one next next season to uh to see it. But yeah, uh this edition uh was a was a great race. Uh had to wait a little while for it, but um rain started about um just about uh just mere minutes before the uh, race was supposed to uh, get underway. But that's something that you, you face in South Carolina that time of year, Uh, it was a kind of a warm, humid day. And then the storms built and, uh, the bottom fell out right around six o'clock, but, uh, NASCAR stuck with it. The fans stuck with it. And, uh, we got a green flag shortly around uh, a little bit after 10 o'clock. And, uh, it was a great race. Uh, a lot of competitive cars in it. Uh, I thought we saw some guys that uh, flex their muscle at various different stages of the race. but the thing that uh, that I watched uh, from my seat that was that was impressive was Kyle Bush's drive uh, from the rear of the field to the front. Uh, he uh, had trouble in qualifying and uh, had to start at the rear and he was he was fun to watch come through the come through the field and it didn't uh, didn't take him really too long to to get into the top ten, and he worked his way uh, up to the front. And with help of his pit crew and a good fast car, he finally made it into the lead. And looked for a while like he was going to be uh, the car to beat. And uh, as it as it kind of went out, it, it, it seemed like that uh, late in the race, uh, Kurt Busch uh, ran pretty strong, the one car. And then of course, Kyle Larson was was good throughout the uh, throughout the evening. Um, Jimmy Johnson was surprisingly strong. He ran in the top five for a goodly portion of the race and was looking like he was going to be headed to a, to a really good finish. Uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, had a, had a, had a pretty decent car there as well. And he, he made some, made some moves, um, forgetting someone I'll, I'll think of them in a minute. Of course, uh, the the ultimate winner, uh, Eric Jones, he ran, he ran in the top, uh, he ran in the top ten, top five most of the night. But good runs for, uh, you know, for uh, De Benedetto. Wow, he ended up finishing eighth, and he ran, you know, he ran in the top twelve most of the night. Uh, Chris yeah. Buescher ran uh, in the top fifteen. Had had uh, except for some pit crew miscues that kind of got him, uh, kind of hurt him track position wise. He had a really good, uh, really good car at times uh, during during the night, but. Uh, there was one uh one one you know, few little skirmishes on the track. I think Ryan Newman and uh and Suarez got into it and, and I'll let and Seth elaborate on that. Uh
2: the two of them are going for uh the same spot in the playoffs. Uh Newman ended up spinning around kinda tire. Uh it, a few laps later, Newman who is in lucky dog position, just happens to uh, get into Corey LaJoy, sending LaJoy around. And Newman got back on the lead lap. Uh, Very convenient timing, I will Mm -hmm. say on that. And then the race-changing moment was when Newman once again gets into somebody, in this case, Daniel Hemrick, cutting down Hemrick's tire. Hemrick spins and blocks the racing lines, taking out Jimmy Johnson, William Byron, uh, Kirk Bush, Denny Hamlin, and uh, I believe Michael McDowell. Yeah, and that, like you
3: said, that was the pivotal moment in the race because it took out those guys that I just mentioned uh, having good nights. Denny Hamlin, Jimmy Johnson, uh, uh, you know, among those. And, and uh, who else was involved in Byron. Yeah, Byron, and who Kurt won the Bush. pole, and Kurt Busch, the one car. So really, the three principles that, that had really run strong and had that I think had legitimate chances to win the race were were uh, were Kurt Busch, Jimmy Johnson, possibly, and and uh, and Denny Hamlin. So it kind of ruined their evenings from that point forward and kind of shuffled field. And it helped some other guys. I think from that point forward, guys like Austin Dillon and and Paul Menard were able to capitalize on that. They ran in the top fifteen uh, all evening, but with those cars having being damaged and, uh, and and somewhat off the pace, those guys were able to rally and 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 get good finishes, both in the top ten uh, as as the race ended. But uh, late in the race, there it, it came down to uh, a late race restart, uh, and it found. Uh, kind of uh Kyle Bush, the one of the only times that he really got his pit crew kind of let him down, he ended up coming off pit road I think about third. And uh of course uh that put uh Kyle Larson and uh and Eric Jones up front and uh it, on the restart Eric Jones was able to uh was able to to hold off uh, Larson and kind of build a little bit of a lead. Uh, it looked uh, Kyle Busch eventually got around Larson and looked as though he was going to be able to run him down late. But then uh, I think Kyle kind of ran out of tires and had a tire issue uh, within the last couple of laps of the race. And uh, where did he? Where did Kyle ultimately finish? Uh, Kyle third. Bush was third. Yeah, and,
1: yeah Kyle
0: yeah.
3: Larson and was it, second.
2: Yeah, it, what happened was Kyle. Bounced off the wall with four laps to go. Right. But three mm-hmm. laps to go, the tire went down. He bounced off the wall. He limped around for two laps with a cut tire and post race complained A, that he couldn't pass anyone. Gee, I wonder how that happens, although he started last. Yep. And B, that NASCAR didn't throw yellow despite a car having a flat tire. Wondering where that <laughs> happened. Before and then talking about how that happened to him at Fontana a few years ago. Yeah, well,
0: certainly. Yeah, well, uh, Kyle, in, in Kyle, yeah. yeah. Kyle's been pretty vocal about this package, but I mean, I mean, he's not wrong that there's a tremendous advantage to being in clean air. Yeah. But but at the same time, um, you know, you can't start last and and carve well, your way through the field and then bitch that you can't pass because <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, and, and obviously, you know, obviously now Kyle's a heck of a wheel man, and and he. And he had a great day. And and correct me if I'm wrong, Steph, did he not just clinch the regular season championship with his yeah, third place yeah, yeah, finish?
2: He did, and if I may, it's more not that he can't pass, but he can't get the car to do exactly what he wants. Yeah. And I do understand where he's going with that. It's it is frustrating. That being said, it is making for some very entertaining racing for the fans. Uh, yeah. Going back to what Gray was saying about Matt DiBenedetto and Paul Menard, for DiBenedetto, this is the first time in his cup career that he's had back-to-back top ten finishes.
0: And the guy's unemployed for next year.
2: Mm-hmm. Correct. And, and, yeah, and well,
0: he's and he's been so good this year. It's such a shame.
2: Correct. For Paul Menard, this is his first top ten since Richmond earlier this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yep, and, and it like you said, it was very entertaining. And and to me, like I said, Kyle Busch coming through the field, he I mean, the old cliche of a of a hot knife through butter was was <laughs> what comes to mind because he really and 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 it was and he made impressive moves. I mean, he would he could pass cars anywhere on that track he wanted to. He could go high, he could go low. He wasn't wasn't afraid to take it three abreast. Uh, Going into the corners, out of the corners. I mean, it was fun to watch uh, Kyle uh, come come up through the field. But uh, uh, you know, and then to watch the other guys, it was some. Uh, Kyle Larson put on a really good show. Eric Jones, as we've said, he 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 really did well. Uh, it it was a good it was a good race. Uh, like I said, Darlington. Uh, for me personally, never disappoints.
0: Yeah, and certainly it's so good to see, you know, this is one of those, you know, it's one of the oldest tracks on NASCAR schedule, you know, along with like Martinsville and uh, and Daytona. It's been around for years and years and years. Um, And it's just so nice to see that they put on a great event, um, they draw a great crowd, even mm-hmm. you know Labor Day weekend. That's where you know other racing. Oh gosh, you can't! Labor Day weekend is is the death knell. But, we can't, you know. But uh, they, they draw a great crowd there.
3: They have, so mu-
0: they have so much. Oh, they have so so much fun with with the throwback schemes. I mean, they yeah. have really. I mean, re- revitalize this race from, you know, where. They, remember for a while they, they moved the date, stopped calling it the Southern
2: 500. Now we're back to... They, they never stopped calling, calling it the Southern, Southern 500.
3: 500. They just changed the date.
2: Now, also going back to the throwback schemes real quick, I do want to say uh, the winner of Best in Show, because they actually let had the fans vote on who had the best throwback, Surprisingly, was not Chase Elliott, for those who keep saying that Chase Elliott wins every single popularity contest. Mm-hmm. It was Bubba Wallace and the Adam Petty Victory Junction throwback.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, which, yes.
2: Which I do want to tell a little bit. Uh, we talk about Grace, uh work in NASCAR. All the, no offense. I'm not saying all the time. But we do talk about that. We talk about Richard uh, working both at RCR and in F1. I want to mention a little tidbit about uh, my family history with this. Uh, My sister was one of the co-founders, one of the three co-founders of the Adam Pay fan club back in the day. So to see that car on track and to see it win best in the show, uh, it was a a lot for me at the track to actually be able to see it in person, covering it. Uh, I didn't write anything on it because I knew – I would be too close to it, mm-hmm. but it was special to see. It was, it
3: was well deserved. It was well deserved. It was a nice looking car, and uh, and and kudos for the fans for, for recognizing that, and, and not just turning it into a popularity contest. They, I think, uh, I think it was a well deserved honor, and it was a nice looking car, and uh, and it really captured, uh, it, it, it captured that throwback image uh, of that car.
0: Certainly, certainly did. So, yeah, again, just hats off to wonderful, wonderful Darlington weekend once
3: again. Oh, and um, also it was a lot more going on that weekend, too. We had an Xfinity, Xfinity. disqualification yes, we again. Did. Very, disqualification. very controversial uh, Controversial
2: race. in one sense. And uh, we also had this driver, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., running his first race of the year. Yep. Yes, we
3: did. So, Seth, uh, Greg, you guys take us through that. I let Seth do that. Seth Seth probably saw more of it than I did.
2: Well, Denny Hamlin may have won across uh, the line first, but he did not finish first. Uh, he was disqualified for uh, the car being too low in the left front and too high in the right rear, handing the victory to Cole Custer, who led zero laps. It's the first time in Xfinity Series history That a driver has led zero laps in one, and the third confirmed time. Yeah, it seemed like
0: we've had this conversation not that long ago when we had Brock on the show, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yes. uh, So Cole Custer is now in in exclusive club with Lee Petty and Brett (laughs) Moffat.
0: That's that's good stuff. I love it. I love Uh, it.
2: That that being said, uh, the race was dominated by Tyler Reddick and Ryan Blaney. The two of them. Uh, Traded the lead back and forth. Redick led 70 laps. Blaney led 50 laps. Uh, Redick won one stage, in part because of Hamlin's DQ. And Custer, because he won the race because of Hamlin's DQ, gains five playoff points, which, although it doesn't affect the standings now, could ultimately affect the standings in the playoffs and who makes it to Homestead and who could challenge... Christopher Bell, for a championship, Hamlin's teammate. On top of that, I don't understand why Joe Gibbs Racing would play games with a car that already is not going to be earning points towards a championship. Uh, It's not locked in the playoffs because a win by a uh, cup driver does not automatically lock them in, although it's won enough races with Kyle Busch that it is locked in uh, I just don't understand it. Uh, well,
0: maybe, things, maybe Seth, the fact that, you know, it's not really for anything, it gives them the opportunity to try that little trick to see if they could get away with it with really little to lose.
2: Well, but here's my thing. Hamlin was in a backup car. So if they were testing something, did they put it on both cars or just on the primary car?
0: Only one one got busted.
2: Or the other thing is Christopher Bell failed inspection at Iowa for the same exact thing earlier in the year. I'm wondering if they use the same car.
0: That's entirely possible, yeah. Yeah, so you you should look into that, Seth.
2: Now, the feel-good story of the weekend was Dale Earnhardt Jr., his first and only race this year, Uh, his first time back at the track since the plane crash. Uh, He ran... Decently, Uh, he finished fifth after Hamlin's DQ. Uh, He more so throughout the race was battling his own drivers, uh, Noah Gregson and Justin Allgaier. And post-race, I was talking with Allgaier uh, because I couldn't get near Junior because of the uh, mosh pit, as I'll call it, of media members. Um, I was talking with Allgaier. Every time Allgaier and Junior were battling, it seemed like one of them would get a Darlington strike. And Algaier's comment was, well, I was only bowing him once, but Junior did come up to me at post-race and say, you knew I was coming, you should have kept saying it, you knew I was coming.
0: So let me ask you this, okay? Now, isn't there some inherent danger in Dale competing? Because he now he's he's left racing because of the repeated concussions um and we've seen um, that you know frank frank Eady had to do the same thing and and i remember back to the neil bonnet they told him you know one more hard hit and you might not make it and he he went racing um so i mean i, I, I realized well, these are he's in the car because of um pre pre-arranged sponsor. uh sponsor uh, you know agreements yeah, yeah. keep yeah. helmets mayonnaise on the car or whatever it is. So, um, yeah. but, but I guess I guess he's cleared it all through his doctors and whatnot. I'm sure. So, but I just uh, you know I'm just he certainly didn't look like he was holding back anything.
2: He was
1: not holding the back. biggest issue. I, I'm insurance sorry. What's that, Richard? Have to, the insurance companies will have to give him sign off on him to race. I'm sure that'll be the biggest issue. I'd have thought.
0: Sure, yeah, wow. absolutely. So if they gave him the sign off, I guess he's. Yeah, I, I I I don't know if he's his concussions are well, to the point where. Uh, you know, like where he's in the same boat as Frank Heady, where they tell Frank Heady, don't just don't get back in a race car. Um, although he does occasionally vintage race, which is, you know, a little lighter. Yeah.
2: Well, to be fair for uh, Junior, the race that most recently gave him a concussion or the incident, uh, most people think it was the accident at Daytona or even at Kentucky in 2016 when it was actually, yeah, it was that lazy spin in Michigan. Yeah. And I'm calling it a lazy spin on purpose because that's about what it was. Uh, Granted, he did hit the wall and with his history of concussions, is it easier for him to get them? Yes. That being said, uh, he did go to the hospital after the plane crash in Bristol and he was cleared by the doctors there. He was cleared by the doctors here. Granted, he did have some bruising on his back, that so he was racing injured to a degree. But I think as long as the doctors are clearing him, we can't exactly judge whether or not he should be in the car.
0: Fair enough, Seth. Fair enough. Yep. I'm sure he's gone all through his dog. He's, you know, he's not an unintelligent man. That's for sure. So, um, I'm sorry you couldn't get close to him because of the mosh pit. He should have went to the Indy well, 500.
2: I, I, I walked right
0: up and Dale, started well, talking to him. Nobody knew who well, he was I there. Did, I, did get,
2: I did get to him uh, afterwards. We, as the more media members went to the other speeding drivers, remembering they were there. Uh, I did get, I did get him that, at that point.
0: Yeah, but certainly always, always good to see Junior. He's a, uh, I mean, he's a, uh, he's one of the great personalities of, of NASCAR, and and, I, and I'm so, you know, I love to listen to his podcast every week, and, and I love to to watch him on uh, on NBC. So, um, so yep. good stuff for Junior. And
2: so, just one thing I do want to plug uh, real quick. Uh, if you're listening to this, I know we're recording on Wednesday, so by the time you're listening to this, it will be online. Uh, I. Did the most recent climbing the ladder interview? So if you want to get to know Brandon Brown, who drives the number eighty six car in the Xfinity Series, look for that.
0: All right, yeah, I will be looking forward to that. So, all right, so we are off to the Brickyard for the what do they call it? The
2: big vodka something. Big 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 vodka it's a Yeah, it's
0: it. this really long name, Big Vodka, Brand, Bradley Big, Gilbert. Big Machine Vodka 400
2: at the Brickyard.
0: Yep, I just prefer to call it the Brickyard 400. It's a little easier. Um, and we've also got the BC 39, where we have, yes. I believe, 90 cars uh, are are yes, I yeah, okay, well, more than 90 cars are are attempting to move on to the feature. And we've got we've got some some decent names in there. I know Kyle Larson is uh, going to run that. Uh, Connor Daly. Uh, is going to run that. Um,
2: uh, Carson Earnhardt Ellis is running that.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was a a very fun event the first time they did that, and they've uh, you know they're doing that again, and they drew a nice little crowd for that, and um, you know folks that folks that like the short track uh, dirt midget race, and you know this is this is about as good a show as you're going to get with that massive field. So uh, so that'll be great. But then we've got of course the last race of the regular season. Um, that's going to determine who's going to get shut out of the of the chase. And right now we've got on the you know we've got the Suarez and Brian um, Newman, Newman right right there tied tied in points on that last spot. Jimmy Johnson several points behind them. Jimmy needs a win, um, but you've got or
2: or for them to have some bad luck in him to Right, right, the and stages. then
0: and then you've got. Um, God, why am I just drawing a blank on names? Who's the guy right ahead of them? Drives drives for Stuart Haas.
2: Boyer.
0: Drives the fourteen car for Stuart Haas. yeah,
2: Clint uh, Boyer. Boyer.
0: <laughs> I just had a brain fart, guys. I'm sorry. Clint Boyer. <laughs>
2: <Welcome to laughs> he who's got
0: who's got the um he, he has the definite possibility he could he, he could get shuffled out. So who do we like for the brickyard?
2: Hmm. Well, I think, I also think that Jimmy Johnson will do Jimmy Johnson things. And when I say that, I mean win when the pressure is absolutely on him. So I think Jimmy Johnson will break through this weekend.
0: Okay, that's a bold prediction, but certainly uh, not um, unprecedented. So now, Greg, who do you like for the Brickyard?
3: I was going to say what Seth Seth did. I think Jimmy Johnson, you know, he's going to, He's gonna pull, try to pull a rabbit out of his hat. He was fast at Darlington and 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 showed that showed some stuff that he hadn't showed all year. Whether he had good speed in the car and was and ran in the top five. I I don't know if it's gonna be enough. If of course obviously if he wins it's gonna be enough. But there's a lot of other guys that uh, that you know want to win at Indy just for the for the sake of winning Indy. Kyle Busch is one that comes to mind who seems to run good there all the time. Truex, uh, I think would like to have his name, uh, on that trophy too. And, uh, so yeah, um, I'm going to say, um, Kyle Bush. i got to go with Kyle this weekend. All right, Richard, what do you think? Um, I'm
1: going to have to agree with Gray as much as I hate doing that. Um, I think, <laughs> I think Kyle, you know, he's, he's, he's faster on there. He's got that place down and, uh, it it wouldn 't surprise me if uh, if Jimmy doesn 't get through by one way or another, and also wouldn 't surprise me if that car 's pushed straight through the tech inspection station <laughs> if you know what i mean
0: <laughs> I know what you mean I know what you mean so yeah i mean this is a, this is a tough one for me i 'm uh, you know I was just thinking of last year when uh you know Will Power won the eighty five hundred then then Keslowski was able to throw the Brickyard 400 to let the captain win both races at Indy in the same season, and then of course Simon won at Indy this year. So I'm, I'm kind of half going to want to pick Joey Logano to say to say that Penske keeps his stranglehold on uh, on Indianapolis. So I'm going to go with Joey, um, and then so we'll see how all that shakes out. So uh, in the meantime, the Indy cars were in Portland. Um, again, had a tough time getting the race started, not due to Ooh. weather. Not due to weather, due to uh, you know inability. Talking about brain for inability to get through the first corner, um, and you know, so we had a lengthy, you know, we had a little scuffle right there to start. Graham Rahal, all on Graham, all on Graham, but he took out uh, schmidt Peterson cars, um, and Connor Daly was in there almost, you know, uh, as an audition for to see if maybe you know McLaren and them want to keep him on next year. So his race lasts less than a corner, uh, Hinchcliffe. Again, he's keeps getting caught up in other people's wrecks. A tough time for him. A couple other cars taken out right there with the bat. Once we get back to racing, Ryan Hunter Ray tries to put a bonsai move on his, uh, his own teammate. Um, Rossi, who's battling for the championship, ends up taking out Jack Harvey and himself in the melee. And when we finally get going, <laughs> when we when we finally get going, uh, the race kind of settled down there. Uh, we saw a couple of differing pit strategies there. Scott Dixon looked to be the man to beat for a while after he stalked uh, Colton. Young Colton Herta led the early sections of the race, but um, Herta just ran out of tires, and Dixon was able to pretty much. Uh, You know, gobble them up and eat them for lunch. Um, And no sooner did Dixon get to the front, pulls in the pits with a dead battery, which is very, very uncommon failure in in IndyCar. So I mean, they replaced the battery, got him out, lost several laps. Um, uh, You know, didn't totally ruin his day. Um, You know, he was able to salvage some points for the just for the attrition factor. Uh, of the folks that were behind him but once uh dixon was kind of out of the picture will, will Power was the man to meet and he held on to it for the end there uh, so that's uh you know a couple of wins in a row for willpower um as we head to the championship is tightened up um there's double points so you know 100 points available to the winner plus the bonus points for pole uh, for pole and, and laps led and fastest and um pole position and, and um laps led and leading the most laps so it's 100
1: what's the what's the delta between first and second in IndyCar?
0: i'm sorry what's the what
1: what's the what's the difference in points between winning and coming second with the double points race well it's um 100 points for the win you get 50 so you get 100 what do you get for second
0: you normally get forty, but now you get eighty. So, so there's so there's, 20 20, there's a twenty point difference rather than a ten point difference. Yeah, so. It's, so, if a
1: New Garden, if he finishes in the top two, he's guaranteed the title. Uh, because he's what forty-one yeah, ahead. No,
0: yeah. I no. Yeah, I, th- I would say yeah. That you're probably pretty pretty close there. If he finishes in the top two, I was reading that if um if Rossi were to win, New Garden would have to finish no worse than fourth. Third or fourth? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to remember. if it's third okay. or fourth?
1: Yeah. Is it so. th- it's, it's. I think it's third if Rossi gets the bonus points and fourth. If and he doesn't, fourth if
0: he if doesn't. He, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's 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 pretty tight. I mean, if 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 Joseph puts a wheel wrong, uh, this this whole thing can, uh, you know, be yeah. take, taken right out of his hands. Um, if he just runs a consistent race and and, and you know doesn't try anything bonsai um you know stays, stay, <laughs> yeah. stays clean um and again laguna seca is uh pretty much a new a new track for this series we yeah. haven't raced I there was, in years and years and years
1: i was thinking uh, of sonoma for a minute
0: there yeah no 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 no. we're, we're at laguna seca this year yeah. for the first time in a number of years i mean back in the back in the heyday of cart back in the 90s they used to have the um the season finale at uh, laguna yeah. seca so we're back there um, and it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. Um,
3: it's always interesting, one of the coolest things too, is watch the cars go through the uh, corkscrew nose the, to tail. That's, yes,
0: that's, the corkscrew.
3: That's pretty, that's pretty cool uh, cool to see. Yeah, so, you've, has, so has you've,
0: anybody
1: tested out there this year or? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yep, they've, they've done some testing out there. Yep, yeah, I, I can't, I don't have I, at my fingertips exactly who has tested and who has, not I I believe the Andretti guys put some laps out there, and uh, yeah. I don't know if the Penske guys have or not, but uh, I, I believe the Penskes they've got some data from running IMSA there.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't, sure. I'm not sure how
0: much of that, that translates, but, of course, you've also yeah. got old data for the teams that have been around. But, um, yeah, again, it'll be it'll be an interesting weekend. We've got, we got uh, you know, two weeks off before we get there. Um, but, uh, I mean, in other IndyCar news, um, Oliver Askew has clinched the Indy Lights Championship, which means for him he wins the Indy Lights Scholarship, which means he gets a ride at the Indy 500-plus – three other races um, and he needs to you know take that uh, that that money there and negotiate um, for that deal I don't know where you're going to see him he drives for Andretti in the light series Uh, you know uh, Andretti has talked about a fifth car for next year Uh, it could possibly that fifth car is maybe shared between Askew and somebody else or it could be that that fifth car is reserved for um, Colton Herta, who may be out of a seat because Harding at this point is uh, quote unquote unsure whether they're going to make the grid next year.
1: <laughs> um, to know, then, yeah.
0: <laughs> now, now, in other news, now, of course, you know we're all aware of of McLaren um, coming in with Schmidt Peterson. Uh, you know, Hinchcliffe said uh, right off the bat he's looking forward to working with General Motors and looking forward to working with McLaren. And nobody believes him. Everybody wants to put him in a Honda car somewhere. Um, Malsher put out an article the other day to confirm that. Hinchcliffe is staying with Schmidt Peterson Racing again. Nobody believes him. Everybody wants to put him in a Honda car somewhere. I mean, you're, I'm talking like guys like Marshall Pruitt and um, Robin Miller are just not buying that that Hinchcliffe is is staying put uh, there with Schmidt Peterson, despite what James and the team says. So uh, it'll be interesting what to Honda see how. What Honda
1: are available that the competitive?
0: Uh, well, I mean, Ray Rahal's talking about a third car, but but if, if you figure James brings the money from Honda of Canada. Yeah. Also, um, petrol, petrol Canada, his personal sponsor. Um, and then there was another little rumor that, uh, Hinchcliffe was going to start his own team with Rick Peterson and, and use, used old Forsyth facilities, but uh, Rick Peterson pretty much put the kibosh on that and said, I don't know what you're smoking or where that story comes from. But, uh, uh, but, but uh, again, at the same time, I remember back in 2001, Michael Andretti vehemently denying that he was going to buy Green Racing and move it to the IRL. So, I mean, so literally anything can happen here. Again, my in my heart of hearts, I see Hinch staying there with McLaren with Schmidt Peterson Racing at least for the one year, and then perhaps reunite with Honda after a year. Um, but again, I guess there's got to be a reason that nobody believes that Hinch is staying. So. We'll, we'll just have to see how that happens, how that plays out. So, um, in other news, the IndyCar schedule came out. Um, folks have uh, uh, upset that we're losing Pocono. Um, we kind of all saw it coming, um, and there's a lot of speculation as to why Pocono was dropped. You know, somewhere everyone wants to say, "Oh, the track is dangerous. The track is cursed. The track killed Justin Wilson. The track paralyzed um, Robert Wiggins." But that, you know, when it comes down to it. The the real reason Pocono was dropped is the fact that ABC Supply pulled out as primary sponsor, and the promoter was not able to guarantee the sanction fee. And that, that's what it comes down to dollars and cents. They said that, that the Pocono, as late as like Thursday afternoon, was still penciled in on the schedule, but but if you can't guarantee you're going to pay the sanction fee, you know maybe it's just best to to kind of. <laughs> you know, let you go. And then, then there's the whole factor of the whole side story that you hear that that, that Pocono really had no interest in, in um, you know, keeping IndyCar there until NASCAR cut them down to one race weekend a year. And then suddenly they want to be IndyCar's best friend. And IndyCar wasn't having any of it. In the meantime, we're adding Richmond, which is um, what, .375 mile oval. Is that right, Gray? It's eight eight tenths mile oval. Uh, seven eight,
3: something seven, like seven that. eighths something. like yeah, just, yeah. It's so just it's just under
0: just under a mile. Just an IndyCar's race there in the past had some, some entertaining races. The first couple were entertaining, and then then they changed the aero package a bit. It was and the, the last couple were followed a leader one one groove track. I, really, it's going to be up to to what Firestone uh, brings for the. Um, brings to the table tire-wise to see how the race in Richmond is going to play out next year. So, and then other folks are arguing or or unhappy about the big gap in the schedule in the summer. But, but honest to God, the summer Olympics, NBC and every NBC affiliate, you know, be NBC sports, CNBC, MSNBC, three streaming NBC channels are all going to be covering the Olympics for those 17 days. Uh, So where are you going to squeeze an IndyCar race in? So it is what it is. Um, And that's the IndyCar schedule for next year. And, We are out of time. So I want to thank you, Gray, Richard, Seth. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker. I want to thank all you folks that listen to us week in and week out. And and until next week, good night.